in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. This is not the 30-something dancing podcast. This is episode number 56. It's a milestone in some countries. Episode number 56 of the 30-something movie podcast. Whip me, beat me, take away my charge cards. We'll be talking about Space Camp this time around. Why do you guys look scared? Was it something I said? I, I, I don't want to be left alone in space. Okay. Well, in space, no one can hear Pat's children scream. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. All right. Well, just to get us started off here, we do want to warn everyone that we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So if you have not seen it yet, where have you been for the last three decades? Um, But you may want to watch the movie first. Uh, If you don't care about being spoiled, stick around. Uh, We could probably give you some reasons why you should go watch it or avoid it completely. Um, We would also like to ask if you are enjoying what you're hearing or if you're not, if you're not, you know, then... You don't necessarily need to do this, but if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you want to leave us some feedback, would you go over to iTunes right now and leave us a review? We would appreciate a quick review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing and what you're enjoying, uh, what you'd like to hear more of. Um, We're doing this because we love to talk about movies and what they mean to us, but we also want to hear from you all, the lovely, lovely audience. So I am joined, as always, by my illustrious co-hosts, Pat Cantagallo and Jeff, the maestro Mazuka. All right. There you go. Um, first what of all, what does illustrious mean? Illustrious? Yeah, you keep using that word. Illustrious. I'm a little concerned. I'm like, are you insulting us? Illustrious. It means, um, like, luster means shininess, and illustrious means, like, more than shiny. More than shiny. Yeah, it's like if you were infamous. Oh, infamous. Yeah, illustrious. It's like, it's Ill-lust. like, you know how the kids today, when they say sick, they mean, like, it's cool? Mm-hmm. So, illustrious means, like, you're so shiny, you're cool. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. It's like your your bling. Does anybody still say bling? I I don't think so. Oh god, we're that old. Okay. Yeah. That's not cool. All right. Um all right. Well, so I have Jeff and I have Pat with me tonight. Dennis may show up at some point, but you know, that's the story of his life. Um so we got a few things that happened lately, the Oscars. We're we're recording yeah. this on Monday, February 29th. Happy Leap Day, by the way. I've been leaping all day. I chose not to. I leaping and me don't agree with each other, so unless it was a yeah. quantum leap, yeah. you have to stretch first. Mm. If it was a quantum leap, I absolutely I'd start leaping. So where would you leap to if it was a quantum leap? If it was a quantum leap, where would it, where or when? Well, where being a function of time, so I guess when. Okay. You can only leap within your lifetime, can't you? Are we going with the rules? Are we going with the rules of the TV show? Sure. Let's stick with the rules of the TV show. Ah, man. Okay. Um the last time that Guns N' Roses was in concert. Good call. And and, oh, the, and that they were good. Guns N Roses. 
Yeah, the Guns N' Roses. Not Guns N' Roses now. Okay. Yeah, I, I would do that because I never, I was still too a little bit too young to see them in concert, and I I hear they are getting back together, but I think it's just for one time, and it's in either California or Nevada, and I'm not going to California or Nevada. So I did, I think you and I were talking about this, Jeff. We said they're going to need to record this and put it out somewhere. Someone's got to record it. Someone will record it. Yeah. It'll end up on YouTube, and it'll be the greatest video to oh. come out in a long time. I'm going to be so happy. I'm just going to start crying. I'm going to play it for my students. I don't care what song they do. Do it. So where would you leap to if it was a quantum leap day? I mean, we know that my choice was the best one, but I mean, you guys can have, like, you know, the runners up. I, I, I don't know. Pat, you look confused. I, I don't even know where to begin on this one, man. Uh, if you leap could, to anyone? And any day in your lifetime, where would you leap to? See, this question wasn't on the, the pre-podcast notes, <laughs> so I'm just not prepared. <laughs> Anywhere in my lifetime. Uh, you sound like a candidate. You sound like a candidate in a presidential debate. Uh, it's my understanding there would be no math in, during the debate. <laughs> a candidate. I could sound like a couple candidates in presidential debate. Yeah, but this is a family-friendly podcast. Let's not yeah, do it. I know. You know, I, know. I, I think I would, I would leap to some time when Roger Ebert was giving some sort of presentation. Hmm. That would be fun. I, I really wish I had gone. I, I'm kinda, I know I'm kind of cutting into I'm giving Pat time to think about this. Yeah. Um, I wish I had gone to when they did the Ebert Fest at University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. I, of all the years I was there, I never went to any of the any of the times where Ebert was talking. Really? Yeah, that's disappointing. It is disappointing. I think I told you about guys about the time I was going to be, or I was supposed to be the person that was going to escort Bill Paxton around campus. Did I tell you about that? Yeah. And then oh, I yeah. and then I ended up getting sick, and they ended up like replacing me with somebody. Even though I got better, I got better. Um, they replaced me with somebody else. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to sneeze on Bill Paxton. It's going to be fine. Yeah, that was sad. That's tough. Game over, man. All right, Patrick, what do you got? All right, I gave you, know you time, what? Pat. I vamped for you. Now it's your turn. Yeah, you know what? I I can narrow it down. I probably would leap to like, you know, one of the one of the Formula One races that Senna drove. You know, one of his great races. I you know maybe like, 1993 Donington Park in England. Um, you know oh, that was a good one. It was. I mean, if you watch him drive, he just he, he did some of the most amazing things in a car, like in the rain, that was unbelievable. So like that, or maybe, you know, his like 1988 Brazilian race, or I, I don't know, probably something like that. You know, something where Senna drove, or you know, just yeah, I, I think I'd say that. Anyways, I think I'll, I'll go with that because you know I, I've got a laundry list. I, it would be probably like some motor race. You know, some bike race or some uh, Formula One race that just, you know, was was pretty awesome, and and uh, I wish I was there for it. So, okay. all right, yeah, that's that's, that's acceptable. All right. Um, well, in other movie news, the Oscars did happen. Uh, it was last night, um, and Mad Max Fury Road almost swept everything. Um, but the one that I was really surprised on, and we will not take 20 minutes to talk about it, And but Sharon said, as soon as they announced it, she's like, oh, great, your podcast for the first 20 minutes is going to be talking about this because you're still upset about it. The song from the Bond movie, The Writings on the Wall, got best original song. Yeah, Pat, That if you're listening to the audio podcast, you can't see Pat's face right now, 
<laughs> Sorry, that was a reaction. It, it looks like somebody took a lemon wedge and stuck it in his nose. <laughs> and that was my reaction when I found out that that song won. What was he up against? I mean, what was he up against? Talent? I don't even know. Actual talent? <laughs> um, let's see. Lady Gaga did one song. Here, I'll pull it up. Uh, best original. This is the time of the show when we search for things for you. All right. Best original song, Oscar, 2016. Uh, we'll go to the nominations. All right. And the nominees are Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey by The Weeknd. Manta Ray by Racing uh, Extension. Simple Song yeah. Number 3 by Youth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that is. Till It Happens to You was from The Hunting Ground. Um, then Writings, writings on, on the Wall. wall. Yeah. I, just, I didn't remember hearing those other ones, The Manta Ray and The Simple Song Number 3. I know. It is what it is. They didn't ask my opinion, so. And they're worse off for it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, the only other movie news that I've got is, um, and I am going to totally blank out on his name right now, um, the actor, George, is it George Kennedy? Yes, George Kennedy. Yeah, George Kennedy died. Yeah, George Kennedy died yesterday. He was Father O'Malley, the priest, on uh, the airplane in uh, Delta Force. Mm-hmm. And he was also in the Naked Gun movies and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, but I guess he died yesterday. He was 91 years old. So Good for him. You know, so he, you know, he made it 30 years after he got rescued off the airplane. So that's not too bad, not too shabby. Right. Uh, and over in the uh, social media arena, we've been getting a whole bunch of tweets, like in the last, even just the last two or three hours. I think when I tweeted some stuff out about us talking about Space Camp, I think everyone who's a fan of NASA got a hold of those tweets and started retweeting them. Really? Yeah. So uh, we actually, we've got some feedback from some folks uh, that tweeted us, and we actually had a couple of people on Facebook. I'll see if I can pull those up, too. Um, We have, let's see, we have uh, Creative Squirrels, that's at C underscore squirrels, uh, said, yes, Space Camp was super campy, but it was cool at the time to see kids triumph on an improvised shuttle mission. Yep. Um, And we've got, so this guy tweeted us a couple of times. Uh, His name is Brent Gary. Uh, his Twitter name is at Volcano Cowboy, and he tweeted and said, "Love it, Max and Jinx, friends forever." Still gives me goosebumps. Movie was the catalyst for me working at NASA, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" He, this guy worked at NASA, um, awesome. and then he also said, "You know, he was listening to the Space Camp movie soundtrack earlier tonight. Uh, that he worked there in the in 2000 because of the movie, um, and he was excited to listen to our podcast." And I looked it up. And he, there's a YouTube video of him, and he talks about he's a volcanologist, which Jeff and I argued at the beginning before we started recording, is, is he studying volcanoes or Vulcans? We don't care. Either one is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out it's volcanoes, and this guy studied volcanoes on Earth, m- the moon, and Mars. All right. So, like, if Space Camp can inspire somebody to go do that at NASA, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty awesome movie, yeah. but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, calm down there. I'm I'm calm, man. I'm back. I'm good. <laughs> are you Are you sure? I I'm positive. I'm yeah. All right. Uh, we did have actually reached out to uh, some folks on Facebook and tried to find out if they had any comments on space camp type stuff. Talk to some teachers because we all work at schools and talk to some teachers about uh, if they had any memories of doing space camp type things. Um, and there were several people at the school that we work at. They said that uh, there were a whole bunch of people at the intermediate building in our district when there used to be an intermediate building 
they did kind of a space camp thing for fifth graders, and they slept overnight at the school. Um, so they had a, a simulation. Uh, some of the teachers that uh, some of these are retired teachers from our district. Um, we've got um, Marilyn Ring. Hi, Marilyn. Uh, Hi, she said that yeah. they uh, she believed it was for fifth graders and that they slept overnight at the school. Uh, Sharon, what's that? Does she listen to this thing? I don't know. She does now. Oh, well, hey. I'm I'm assuming. Well, I don't know. She she'll listen to this one because we'll tell her that we mentioned her name on it. She should get a prize. Yeah, we'll give her a prize. I don't know what we're gonna give her, but we'll find something. We'll print out a certificate. Congratulations for getting your name dropped. Um, let's see. We got another one. We have another uh, former teacher from our district, uh, Sharon Horan, who said it was for fifth graders. Um, and there were a couple of other teachers that were a part of it. They had amazing simulations, spent the night doing experiments. Uh, parents helped a lot. And one year, uh, Jim Lovell actually came for an assembly as a wrap-up, uh, that it was an honor to meet him. Cool. Uh, I have a friend from high school. His name is Ed Gilreath. Um, I think he lives down around St. Louis now. Um, he's a uh, football coach down there. And he says, I was in Mrs. Tyler's class in one of the first couple of years they did that. It was awesome. I got to be on the crew in the space shuttle for the overnight shift. Cool. And I guess this was something, I, I know we're not, we're not into the movie just yet, but when my wife Sharon and I, when we were watching the movie the other night, we were talking about this because we, I grew up in Texas and she grew up here in Illinois. And almost at the exact same moment, we both kind of looked at each other and was like, do you remember, in, did you at your school do a space camp type thing? And we both said, yeah, but we couldn't remember what it was called or if it was like an official NASA thing that schools were doing. I remember it from elementary school in Texas. So I was a little bit younger and she remembered it from uh, she went to school in uh, Green Oaks, Illinois, and she remembered it from about sixth grade. So I, and I don't do you guys remember doing anything like that in school? Not at all. OK. No. Sounds cool. Yeah, it was. And, you know, we were talking about it and I'm like, you know, I remember it as being that they they brought in some kind of like mock shuttle cabin and they had spacesuits and they picked somebody to be they picked some kids to be in the shuttle crew for the entire day and they had an assembly. And, you know, I, the more I'm thinking about it, it could have been just like something slapped together with ply, plywood and PVC pipe. But at the time as a kid, I mean, it seemed like it was a real mock up of a shuttle with switches and all kinds of other stuff and could have been something somebody built in their backyard and mm-hmm. you know as a six or seven year old i thought it was more impressive but right yeah but i don't know we both remember doing that and we were at opposite ends of the country and i actually tweeted nasa just to find out like see if they had any information on it and they said that there was something that they used to do but it started in 1988 in houston and you actually had to go to houston to do it Mm-hmm. So whatever this was was not an official NASA thing. Like they didn't come to schools to do this. So whatever I remember was must have just been something that the teachers decided to do. Okay. Okay. But yeah. All right. Well, so we've got so we have some real life NASA people listening in on here, and so we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna kind of up our game here. You guys. I mean, that's no pressure, but. Do we, do we have to be smart on this one? Because I don't feel I, like being smart. I don't know that we have to be smart. Um, do we have to sound scientific and nasty? I don't think so. I mean, here I'll I'll be I'll be the smart one. Uh, okay. Pat, you can be the one that's always uh, excited about everything. Okay. 
And Jeff, you can be, um, i got to think of something that's related to our topic. Jeff, you can be Kevin Spacey. I see what you did there. There you go. You see, it's not like if I would have said Spacey, then that would have been insulting to you because then that would have been like you're an airhead. But I said Kevin Spacey because I know that you appreciate actors and, and you know. Well played, sir. Yeah. Well played. Thank you. Is, is he going to be Kevin Spacey like in L.A. Confidential or is he going to be Kevin Spacey like in um, Usual Suspects? Um, I was thinking either Kevin Spacey from Seven or Kevin Spacey from K-Pax. Oh, Okay. Either, cool. either one. I'm fine with either one. Whatever you want to do. There's just so much to contemplate now. I can't even figure it out. I want you, yeah. by the time we're done recording, I want you to walk in with a cardboard box and just have it sitting next to you. <laughs> if you don't peel your bananas, though, that's going to weird me out. I'm just saying. Jeff, what's in the box? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Those are listening to the audio podcast. Jeff did just walk in with a cardboard box. Seems a little small to have Gwyneth Paltrow's head in it. Ooh, spoiler alert. Sorry about that. That was Oh, oh I killed yeah. that, didn't I? You ruined it. Yeah, I totally ruined the end of K Pax. All right. Well, let's get going here. All right. So the movie we're talking about tonight is Space Camp. This one came out June 6, 1986. Uh, was rated PG. Um, there's really not a whole lot in this movie. There's a little bit of swearing here and there. Um, I, I it classified the drug use as smoking cigarettes in the control room at uh, the the NASA control room, space camp control room. So I guess if that's the extent of your drug use, then uh, the director was Harry Weiner. He had done the movie House Arrest, and he did several episodes of Veronica Mars and the Felicity TV shows. Uh, the producers on this one were Patrick Bailey. Uh, the only thing he produced was Space Camp and Walter Koblenz. Uh, he did All the President's Men and a few other things. The writers on this one were Clifford Green, who was sometimes known as W.W. Wicket, and that's what he was known as in the credits of this one, uh, which Star Wars fans will know that as the full name of um, uh, Wicket the Ewok, or kind of a maybe a hint at Wicket the Ewok. Apparently he did that when he wasn't proud of his work and he just wanted to make sure it didn't like get attached to his real name. So, hmm. I don't you know. Uh, but he did Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, and the movie called The Seventh Sign, uh, which apparently he might not like that one either because he signed his name as W.W. Wicket in the credits of that one too. Uh, we have Casey T. Mitchell was another writer on this one. Uh, did a TV movie, Fatal Lessons, The Good Teacher. Never heard of it, but it's out there. Um, music was done by this guy named John, John, John Williams. I've heard of him. Yeah. He did some stuff. He did some oh, stuff. Later. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll play some of his music later, but I'd, I don't know. It's when, you, when you've got a name like John William, that's basically being like named John Smith. It's like you're not, you can't distinguish that from anybody else. Um, he did some movies, um, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, and everything else ever made. Um, let's see. The budget on this one was $18 million, and the box office on this one was a whopping $10 million. So they did not quite make their uh, their cash back. This one is starring Kate Capshaw. She played Andy Bergstrom. Uh, she was also in Dreamscape and Just Cause. Leah Thompson played Catherine Fairley. She was in Jaws 3D, Red Dawn, Back to the Future, Howard the Duck, and the TV show Caroline in the City. Kelly Preston played Tish Ambrosi. Uh, she was in Twins, Jerry Maguire, and From Dusk Till Dawn. Larry B. Scott played Rudy Tyler. He was in The Karate Kid, Revenge of the Nerds, and Iron Eagle. 
Joaquin Phoenix, or in the credits, he is known as Leaf Phoenix, because this was his first ever movie, and it's back when he was known by the very natural names that his family was known by. Uh, so Leaf Phoenix played Max. He has been in Gladiator, Signs, Hotel Rwanda, Walk the Line, and Her. Uh, Tate Donovan played Kevin Donaldson. He was the voice of Hercules in the Disney Hercules cartoon. He was in Argo and Good Night and Good Luck. Tom Skerritt was Commander Zach Bergstrom, uh, Andy Bergstrom's husband. He was in Alien Top Gun, the TV show Picket Fences, and most recently um, one of his movies was Ted. Barry Primus played Brennan. He was in New York, New York, Righteous Kill, Grudge Match, and American Hustle. Terry O'Quinn played the launch director. He was in Primal Fear, The X-Files, Fight the Future, and the TV show Lost. And then Frank Welker, who basically voiced our entire childhood. Uh, he was listed as special vocal effects, but he was the voice of Jinx the Robot. He was Fred in Scooby-Doo. He was in G.I. Joe. He was in Super Friends. He was Megatron in the Transformers cartoon. He was in the Smurfs. He was in Robot Chicken. Pick a cartoon, and he was in it. Um, he was also the voice of some of the gremlins in the movie Gremlins. He's all over the place. Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one a 40%. The audience gave it a 50%. So if you put two of those together, this movie got a 90%. Nice job, hey, Space Camp. Way to go, Space Camp. There you go. There's some math for you. So if we've got some scientists listening, I'm, I'm the smart one here. So I put those together. Critics, 40%. Audience, 50%. That gives this movie a 90%. Nice job. Well, Siskel and Ebert didn't quite feel the same. Uh, Ebert gave it a one and a half out of four stars. Siskel gave it a two out of four stars. And I just want to read for you Siskel's, uh, a, a paragraph from Siskel's review of this movie. Space Camp sounds like it might be the title of a Bill Murray comedy, but it's actually a limp children's film about a summer camp run by NASA for a typical Hollywood assortment of youngsters, which means no minority females. Instead, we get the usual preponderance of wasps, a cute little boy, and a token black male. So there's that. This movie won no awards. Uh, and the summary for the movie that I pulled off of Google, uh, Andy Bergstrom, played by Cape Capshaw, is an astronaut eagerly awaiting for her tri first trip to space. Uh, she runs instead a summer camp for teenagers with her NASA-employed husband, Zach, played by Tom Skerritt. One night during an engine test, Andy and four teenage campers are accidentally shot into space, which, you know, happens all the time at space camp. Together, the group, which includes Catherine, Leah Thompson, a pilot in training, and Tish, Kelly Preston, a ditz with a perfect memory, must work together to cooperate or to operate the spacecraft and return home. Uh, we're going to listen real quick to the audio of the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. Atlantis, do you copy? This is Atlantis. Radio check satisfactory. Over. Space Camp. America's real training ground for future astronauts. I'm going to be the first female shuttle commander. Catherine, you're not a passenger, you're a pilot. Fly it. Do you want space camp? My father wants space camp, but I want uh, my head examined. Please return your seats and trade tables to their full upright position. Remember everything I read. It's a real drag sometimes. What would you get on your SATs? A hundreds. And what is your name? Rudy Tyler Mel. Spit it out, Rudy. Rudy Tyler Mel. The green one right next to the red. At 0900 Thursday, we're going to test fire the engines, and some of you will be able to sit in this. Er, <laughs> to Catherine. Stand, Stand by, by for main, main engine test. She's all yours. Four. Three. Two. Go for main engine test. test. We have main engine test. 
Booster B is near ignition. It's gonna light. Get that thing operational. The New York Times calls Space Camp a fast-paced adventure fantasy, a wholesome and fun-filled diversion. And Joel Siegel of ABC TV says this is a rare film you can take your kids to, and you'll all enjoy it. From the makers of Flamingo Kid and Pritzi's Honor, Space Camp was released theatrically in 1986 with a multi-million dollar box office gross. And Vestron Video is offering a major distributor promotion and a national retail display contest with free trips to the real space camp as grand prize. Atlantis, this is Control. Do you copy? Copy that, Control. This is Atlantis. Space Camp. So that is the trailer audio. Actually, that was from a little bit of a later trailer when they were kind of re-releasing it, offering some kind of a you know, some kind of a competition or some kind of a contest for uh, getting to go visit Space Camp again. This one, I like the comment they made about how it was uh, how it made multiple millions of dollars. Now, not totally ignoring the fact that it you know also lost multiple millions of dollars, but you know there is that. Um, so here's a little bit of background on this one. The movie was filmed before the Challenger explosion, but released five months after. Unfortunately, no one wanted to watch a movie that put kids in the same type of situation that occurred on the Challenger. Incidentally, the engine problem in the movie was nearly the same as what caused the Challenger accident. So you can kind of see why people would have been a little unnerved by that. Um, an early draft of the script uh, involved Russian kids, for some reason, being sent up in a Russian shuttle and rescuing the American kids. I don't know. Um, hey, in the Cold War. Well, that's... Hey, I feel like Rocky already took care of that. Because mm -hmm. if you can Probably change... Because if, if I can change... change and you can change, change... We can all save the kids in the space shuttle. Why don't they just send Rocky up in the space shuttle? That'd be a sight. I would do... Well, like Rocky Five. That, that actually might have been a better Rocky Five. Um, this is Joaquin... I didn't even know Bill... Uh, this is Joaquin Phoenix's feature film debut. Um, there are, there would have been, in real life, actually several procedures for aborting a shuttle that was already launched, um, but if they had included those, there would be no movie. Um, apparently there are about five or six different things that they could have done in real life if this was a real shuttle accident for a shuttle that had launched accidentally, um, but no, then that would have meant no film. Um, and then somehow, this, this was a little tricky, they filmed this at the space camp in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, however, somehow, miraculously, they were right next door to the Kennedy Center in Florida. So I don't quite know how that happened. Um, apparently, there was a space camp located in Florida, but it didn't open until 1988. So it wouldn't have been the same one. So I guess, according to the movie, this is supposed to be kind of like a fictional space camp that's located near the Kennedy Space Center in, in I keep saying Senator, Center in Florida. Um, Another quick little thing, uh, the Michael Jackson short film, uh, Captain EO. Anybody ever see that at Disney World? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and produced by George Lucas, was being shot next door to the lot where they were shooting the scenes for Space Camp. So the kids would try to sneak over and watch the filming of that. Um, apparently, only Leaf Phoenix, was the, Leaf Phoenix was the only one that was invited over to meet Michael Jackson. Hmm. Pause for people to put their own jokes in there. And 
moving on. Okay. I'm just I'm I'm not gonna touch that. So I'm, we're gonna let people insert their own jokes about small child going to go visit Michael Jackson on the set. Um, apparently, there was an episode of Community uh, that is a parody of Space Camp. I have not seen that one, but apparently they try to do some kind of a Space Camp type thing in a trailer, and it accidentally gets towed away. And so the whole joke is that it's like Space Camp and that they accidentally launched. A um, couple of other things that I noticed in here that I thought were a little strange. Um, Andy, the adult, couldn't get to the oxygen tanks because her helmet was too large, but when they put Max in a suit, it's a full-size adult suit, so it shouldn't really have fit any differently through the holes of the space station to so he shouldn't have been able to reach it either um and let's see ruin the movie why did i ruin the movie we i never thought about that no okay well movie ruined congratulations i just want to go you're a jerk. I, we're just gonna see. We're just know. gonna see Jeff's screen go mute, and then a whole bunch of things breaking in over, you know, the camera. You're gonna see me if you're watching the video feed of this. You're gonna see me disappear, and Jeff's gonna show up at my house with a box. All right. <laughs> it's gonna have to be a bigger box. <laughs> oh, he didn't know. Um, we should have Kevin Spacey in this movie. That would have been awesome. Um, let's see. Okay, the last thing, and I know I'm gonna make some people upset if I say this. I want to lock Jinx and Jar Jar Binks in a room under the space shuttle, kind of like what they did with James Bond in Moonraker. When the when the engines were going to light, they were going to like burn him away. And I want the shuttle to launch with the two of them in there. Because Jinx makes me feel like Jar Jar Binks. And their names are not that far off. He was kind of... That's a bit extreme. It's a little extreme. I mean, I remember thinking he was kind of fun as a kid, but I don't know. It's, this is a kid's movie, so I, it's not as an adult. Coming back to this again as an adult, that part kind of irritated me a little bit. But no, I, I, I take that back. I don't want Jinx to die. I just would like to hear less of his voice. All right, so let's start it off with this. What did you like about Space Camp? Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, what I like about Space Camp, I mean, it was... <clears throat> I don't know, it was, it was just a lot of fun for a kid to watch this movie and, and you know, think about going in, into space. I think at some point everyone pretends they're an astronaut or plays space mission when they're a kid. And seeing this is becoming, uh, you know, I mean, same kind of way, it's just like watching the Goonies. Mm-hmm. You know, just watching these kids go on an adventure and, and their success is all based on what what they're able to do, what they're able to get out of the situation, what they're able to make happen. You know, it's not dependent on the adults. So I think that's one of the things I just really like about it is that it it it's, it it all depends on what the kids are able to bring to the situation to find the resolution. I I think it was just a fun fun kids movie, fun adventure movie, like Jeff's pointed out, like Goonies. Um, I, you know, I. It was just fun to watch. And now, I mean, I, I remember when the Challenger blew up, and, uh, you know, I remember that it, it, you know, it was a sad thing. I, that didn't quite affect me as much when I saw this movie. Um, you know, a couple of years later or a year after or whatever. And um, I, like I said, I, I, I wish I could say more than that, but it's just, it's just cool. You know, space travel fascinates me. The idea of going to space camp, you know, where everyone kind of gets their roles and everything is, is pretty cool. Um, you know, I mean, the story was a little bit 
cardboard cutout and that, okay, they they were kind of a group of misfits and they all had to kind of overcome their own thing and they did and, and all that. And, okay, suspend your disbelief because they launched the shuttle into space. But, I mean, it was... It was a it was a cool movie. It was fun seeing kids step up and and do all that stuff and you know to imagine oh my gosh what happens if you know you had this little kid and you had to send him out into space and and what would you do with that and I I just think that it was uh yeah that's what I liked about it it was just a, it was a fun story yeah I you know, you know going I, back to what oh, uh, Cisco was saying in his review yeah I think he he wanted or either he wanted or he expected way too much from this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's a movie about kids that accidentally get sent to space. What was he hoping would happen here? Like, what was he thinking was going to be the plot or some sort of reinvention of the Hollywood wheel that this was going to do something new? It's kids that accidentally get sent to space. Yeah, you're not going to get much more more than that. What I read from a lot of the different, and I I read up on some of the different reviewers as they reviewed it in '86. And a lot of their criticism of it was the characters being way too uh, two dimensional. That they just they had very simple character flaws or something they had to overcome, and it tied it up in a very neat bow by the end that everybody had, you know, in non complex ways had kind of overcome their fears or their flaws or whatever. And that seemed to be kind of a running theme amongst all of the critics. Um, you know, they criticized the story for being a little bit too simple and that not a lot of not a whole lot happens and. And all that, but I think their biggest thing was the the characterization of of all the kids. They wanted a little bit more. It seemed like the critics all wanted a little bit more complexity in the characters, which you know I can I can see. I mean I can see that there are you know some of the some of the stuff that they're going through is is pretty two dimensional. But at the same time, again, it's it's a movie for kids about kids. So yeah. I don't know that I'm. I don't remember watching it as a kid and being like, wow, you know, I, I wish that these characters had more complex, complex problems. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to call a little shenanigans on this. He thinks the characters are too, uh, you know, and you said Ebert was one of the guys that said this or felt this way. Yeah, I think Ebert said that, and I think Siskel did too, and then there were some other reviewers and from the time. The, and, and, and these were the guys that, like, loved Delta Force. I mean, you're talking about two-dimensional I think they gave Delta Force pretty good, yeah. It's kind of like, I just, I'm just not, like you said, I'm just not seeing it. It's a kid's movie. I I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make, that doesn't make much sense. I think their opinions are invalid. Yeah. Well, you always think their opinions are invalid. I do. Yeah. Well, this one for me, I, you know, I, I don't remember, I don't think I remember, other than, other than knowing that it had happened. People have some people, particularly adults, have this very vivid memory of the Challenger explosion. And I, as a kid, I mean, I remember it happening, but I don't know that I have this very vivid memory of like people crying at school or, you know, I, I have I've seen and read accounts of people who, like, for them, this was like the Kennedy assassination. Um, you know that people are bursting into tears at school and people are just in shock about it. I don't remember that, so maybe I was just. You know, I would have been five at the time, so maybe I was just too young to try to remember that type of thing. But um, I do remember this movie, and I remember not knowing anything about there being a space camp before I saw this movie. And I saw this movie, I'm like, I, I want to go to space camp. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember asking my parents, I'm like, can I, can I go to space camp? Not realizing that it was in Alabama, um, and that I was five years old and probably too young to go to space camp, but... 
Um, I mean, I, I remember like seeing this, be like, I done, sign me up. When do I get to go? Um, right. And then when they did that activity at my school, I, I don't remember what grade that was. I remember it was elementary school. Um, so it would have been when I lived in Dallas, but I, that too. I mean, I, and I didn't get picked to be any of the roles in, um, you know, even in the fake space shuttle, they probably had a weight requirement. So I didn't get picked for any of those roles. Um, and I remember Aww. being, yeah, yeah, little, little John looked like a butterball turkey. Um, I didn't get picked for any of those roles. And he probably ate too much butter, butterball turkey. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> And I didn't get picked for any of that stuff. And I remember that I remember being really upset about that. In fact, I probably have a more vivid memory of not getting picked for the mock space camp thing they did at my school than the actual Challenger explosion itself. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, five-year-old priorities. Um, but yeah, I remember, and, and I haven't seen this movie since I was a little kid. Um, so I probably watched it the one time and then haven't seen it again since this week. And I vividly remember... Um, you know, just being excited that there's the idea of there is this space camp out there where you could train to be an astronaut and that there mm-hmm. might be some way you could accidentally go to space too. Yeah. Accidentally head out to space. Speaking of space, man. Hey, Hey, Dennis is here. Hey. So we're talking about what we liked about the movie. We were, we were reminiscing about our childhood. So if you want to talk about how you remember the challenger explosion happening when you were middle-aged, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Were you in college at the time? Was it college? I was actually a freshman in uh, math class. I was in algebra, um, algebra two, by the way. I was algebra two freshman year, and Mr. Graham was the teacher, and Mr. Hotek, the assistant principal at the time, I believe, got on the big PA, and it was you know the 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 announcement over that there was an accident, the space shuttle Challenger blew up, and and everybody was just kind of like in. Like wow, and then they turned on some of the TVs, and we saw some of it, and so it was. There was a prayer. It was a Catholic school, so obviously there was a prayer for it, and and uh, that's where I remember being. It was in I, second row, second seat, Mr. Graham's class. So I do remember exactly where I was when that blew up. So what do you? So we were kind of going through and talking about what we liked about the movie. Um, we talked a little bit about. We we kind of brought up that the critics did not like the movie. They thought that the characters were. Uh, a little too two dimensional, but so far we had all kind of agreed that, you know, it's a it's a fun movie for kids. Who cares if they're two dimensional because it's a kids movie and it's kids going to space and that's what kids want to see. Yeah, I mean, it just by the nature of it, it's kind of far fetched, you know, the old accidentally. You know, so so I mean, it it just if you drop all that and you don't go into the whole critical elements, yeah, it's an enjoyable movie as a kid. Um, you know, you watch it later and it's. You could see that, but again, through the eyes of a kid, it's 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 totally fine. I think it's an enjoyable film. I still think it's an enjoyable watch. movie. I still, I still I still I have fun watching this movie. I I don't yeah. have any you know I I don't think too hard about it. I don't try to make it something it's not. No. But I just I I still enjoy watching this movie. I I found it at the library you know a year ago maybe. I've checked it out, watched it again just because I remember watching when I was a kid. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I and like yeah. I said, the only the only part that got on my nerves was a little bit was some of the Jinx stuff, but kind of the, you know, the the boy and his robot thing. I mean, that was that was kind of sweet. That was kind of nice. Some of the Jinx stuff was just getting on my nerves a little bit, but I guarantee you, as a kid, I thought I probably thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, 
you know, this like combination BB-8 ball robot and yeah, whatever he was. Um, you know, but other than that, I mean, yeah, just a fun movie and, you know, I obviously as a kid, no, I, I wasn't looking for three-dimensional characters. But Is this one of those movies that if it's on TV, you finish it? if you pick it up halfway through or are you able to turn it off and go do something else? Um, if I have nothing else I have to do, I'll finish it. Okay. Like, and unless there's something pressing going on that I have to attend to, I'll, I'll keep it on and, and watch it till the end. Yeah. You know, I okay. may, I may not sit and give it my full attention. I might keep it on in the background while I'm working okay. on something else, but yeah, you know, I, I, if I had nothing else to watch and I just was keeping the TV on while I was working on something else, then yeah, I'd keep it on. And Pat? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd put it on. And, you know, I think the movie was relatively, I, I don't want to say fast-paced, but I think it kept it moving, you know, to keep uh, keep the audience probably figured that its audience was going to be 12 or 13-ish years old and, and needed kind of the quick attention span type stuff, or younger and so I thought it moved nicely from one thing to the next, and then, you know, they're up in space, and, okay, they had to solve these problems, fix the emergencies. Okay, they got to land the thing, and bam, bam, bam. So, I, yeah, I thought it moved quickly, and it didn't keep my attention. If I was flipping channels, I'd put it on and watch it in the end. Okay. Yeah, I was just – because it was curious because there was a lot of talk, and then even the face – Facebook post that John put on, and you're getting a lot of responses, I think it looked like, from there. Yeah. Um, kind of – somewhat tying it in with this movie and and i just remember thinking like when i you know saw it back then and i saw it again I, i'm not going to be the critical voice here because i think it was i'm agreeing with you guys i just don't know if i was as excited about it as it sounds like some of you guys were <laughs> and i brought up the question to jeff because i was like i just thought like again in a, just an example movie critically panned i believe as well which was the peewee's big adventure and you know we had already had our podcast on that and it was like that was just on the other day, and we ended up watching the whole rest of it, and then people wanted to see it again today. So it was like, it was just that's one of those like where I could just pop at any point, pick up that movie, and, and I just want to see the rest of it. I don't have the same feelings for Space Camp. I'm not saying I would necessarily turn it off. I just don't have. I mean, I'm, I'm I liked it, but I, I didn't have the same. So I, I just I'm kind of bummed that I missed the beginning of uh your guys comments because i would like to hear you know what was it that you guys were so is it is it your kind of desire to be in space and to tie in with that or is it just the movie because like i said i think it's a good movie i think mm -hmm. it's just a basically a good movie that's just like yeah you know i saw it you it's know on, I, you know, keep it on I, I the background it, like john said but i don't know if i would sit down and watch it like oh my god it's on again space camp's on yeah, I think we were just kind of talking about how it's it's just a fun movie and you get to see kids, you know, you get to see, we actually had somebody, actually they they kind of summed it up for us. Uh, we had a few people that tweeted us about this one, at one guy who actually ended up working at NASA because of this movie. Um, okay. He watched it as a kid and, and ended up at NASA. Uh, he's a vulcanolo vulcanologist, I probably said that wrong, studies volcanoes on other planets. Um, okay. And uh, he there was somebody else though that said, uh, yes, Space Camp was super campy, but it was cool at the time to see kids triumph on an improvised shuttle mission. So I think it was just the, the idea that you're a kid watching this and you're getting yeah. to watch like, other kids do. Jeff, were you the one that said it was like the Goonies? Yeah. 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 I, I just kind of likened it to the Goonies, where mm -hmm. the kids have to rely on just Goonies in space. To, to, to yeah. Read, I can to, see to, that connection. Yeah. So that's kind of what we were saying about it, that, you know, just kind of, 
that whole di- whole idea of you're a kid watching other kids get to do really cool things. Yeah. And I like that I like that it was centered around NASA and space. I mean, it wasn't well, it was science fiction, but I mean it wasn't like science fiction like aliens and rocket ships. It was you know, it was approaching reality in that it dealt with the space shuttle and space can- you know, it dealt with stuff in 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 the real world even albeit in a in a in a fictional and kind of a far-fetched story but i thought it was kind of cool because it it you know it glorified it glorified the sciences and it glorified space travel and it glorified you know exploration and you know it it picked that to glorify and tell the story about and i thought that was kind of a i thought that was pretty cool too i feel like I think- I feel like if they redid this movie now, because, you know, we all work in a school and, and one of the things that people are all talking about just in the last few years is STEM and the whole idea of like bringing back the or at least giving more attention to science, the engineering, the mathematics, all the other stuff. I feel like if they were going to remake this one um, today, obviously, it'd probably be a little bit more successful than back then. I think for them, it was just the timing of putting this out five months after the Challenger um, if they had been able to release it before the Challenger accident, I, I would almost imagine that this movie would have made its money back and done better. Um, you know, and I don't know why they, I don't know why they felt like. I guess they just thought they were just gonna put this movie out and whatever it makes it makes. But you know, I mean, that's like I think one of I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but it's like saying, all right, well, five months after we filmed this movie about terrorists blowing up a building in an airplane. Um, it's five months after nine eleven. Let's just throw this thing out here and see how much money it makes. Yeah. So I I feel like if they had if they had made this movie just a little bit earlier, then it might have done a whole lot better than it did. It was just horrible timing on on their part. Bad timing, bad circumstance, obviously bad for the people of the Challenger. But it's like if that Challenger succeeded, and you had uh, McAuliffe on there, and you know you had the teacher on there. Right. I mean this guy could. It almost would have been perfectly timed right. following the success of that mission. Um, but, yeah, the way it went, then probably the dilemma, I think, to release it or not release it probably was maybe this helps get the space program back in a good light by showing this movie. You know, what? why do we shelve it? It's not like it's going to be necessarily insensitive. Right. Well, it's not like the terrorist thing in the 9-11 that would be more insensitive to everybody that, you know, that died in that situation were here. Those people were doing something they loved. And almost they might have thought, well, this is going to help bring some of that love and excitement. This is what those people shared getting on that challenger. They knew what they were getting into, and it might actually hopefully bring it back a bit because it was it took a hit um, after all that. Like, why are we sending people, you know, and they're dying? And it, I, I don't know. I just it's. I think if you're the studio, I don't know. What do you do? You've already made the movie. What would you do? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious what you guys would do. If you made the movie, you have the film pretty much done. It's pretty much edited and being in the editing process at that point, they're just going to start promoting it. Now, all of a sudden, the Challenger blows up. What do you do with that movie? Do you just wait years? Do you, yeah. you know, what what's your call there? I mean, you got a good, you, what you think is a good movie. It, it's promoting that, you know, space exploration. Yeah. But you just had this tragedy happen. What do you do? I I might wait a little bit longer. I, it seems like, and from from reading, obviously I was five at the time, so I don't remember too much of it. But reading from, you know, different people's responses and at the time, and reading some of the critics and how they responded to it, that was nearly the. I feel like it was the first sentence or early on in the first in the first paragraph of every review I read was, this was coming too soon, off the heels of the Challenger disaster. So if I'm if I'm the person that's in charge of that movie studio who's releasing this movie, I might I might just hold on to it. 
and wait wait another wait until it's at least a year after okay you know give people a year give people a year and then maybe as you're trying to reignite because it looks like there were several attempts to reignite the whole idea of space camp and space exploration starting in about 87 or 88 there was a whole explosion of like they built a couple of other space camps um starting in about 88 so i maybe if you hold on to it for another year year and a half Mm-hmm. And then once there's a little bit of time, a little more separation, then you bring it back out. Okay. So I just think no matter, I I feel like maybe even if you wait a year, I I still think no matter when you brought that movie out, unless it was three four years down the road, I think they're gonna bring up the the Challenger. Yeah. And I think they probably figured that, you know. And what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, and there was even uh, what was it? Was it the um, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, the episode two, that came out in 2002. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2002. Yeah. So a year after 9-11, there was supposed to be a scene in that movie when they were, it's the scene where they're chasing, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are chasing the bounty hunter through the skies of Coruscant in that kind of car chase scene that's at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and there was supposed to be a scene where either they run into or they cause one of the speeders or one of the ships to kind of veer off and crash into a building and kind of topple the building. And I guess they ended up going back and cutting that scene out, even though it was a year after 9-11. They're like, yeah, no, we're not going to yeah. we're not gonna put that scene in there, and they cut that out. With this movie, it's a little tougher because it's the whole premise of the movie, so it's not like you yeah. can just cut out a scene to make help people feel better about it. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it, it's, you know, it's a different, different, a little bit of a difficult call just because, you know, the terrorist was something that was an act of, it was an attack. Evil attack, and this was just an accident. People, you know, like like, you know, if you had a car racing accident, you not have the movie released about car, you know. But that's what people chose to do and love to do, and it's it's like anything. I think that that it was more of a. I I don't think it was as financially. I understand in the end it might have been the bad call. Maybe you wait a little bit, but I I don't think that it's an insensitive call. Yeah. Yeah. So what about- I don't think they did anything uh, morally offensive. Like if you release something like the other stuff, you're trying to not obviously pour salt on a wound. I don't think that would be the case with this one. I think that this is a movie about loving space exploration. Right. It's kind of like what would the, the the crew of the shuttle want you to do? They want you to release the movie. I think that would be like my you know, you know, they wouldn't want you to not release it. Right. Well, and and, and I think like what they were doing was wrong or somehow like you know, and I mean, I just looks it makes it a negative. Versus a tragedy and accident, which is what it was. Right. And I wonder if the kids that this movie is geared towards, if the biggest issue would have been that the parents are more traumatized by what happened. And so they don't want their kids to go see a movie. Whereas the kids, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing this as a kid and thinking, and I didn't think one thing about any shuttle explosion. I just thought this is a really cool movie. So maybe it's more of a hang up for the adults at the time to say, I don't really want my kids going to see something that you know just real just happened in real life mm-hmm. no that, that could be part of it well do you guys have any favorite scenes or quotes from this one hmm. I, I, lo- I love when jinx comes in and saves the day at the end yeah they're like he's like gra- his little arms are grabbing onto the doorway and it's a lot of drama just for long enough robot. for uh for for tom scarrett to make the connection between what Jinx is saying and the fact that they're using Morse code trying to get in touch with him. Yeah, that was a good scene. I like that one. 
This one, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you guys, but and I had totally forgotten that it was from this movie. I have an intense fear, and this is never gonna it's never gonna play out anywhere. I have this intense fear of floating in space and dying. You do. I do. That's right. I remember you saying this. That's yeah. why when the movie Gravity came out, I saw the trailers for that and I'm like, no, uh-uh, have I'm you not seen going. Gravity? No, I will not watch it. Wow. I will not watch it. This. Some people are afraid of uh, sharks, and some people are afraid of snakes, and you know, some people are afraid of. I don't know. Um, I have this intense fear of being Brown. lost in space and floating away. Like that whole scene in 2001 where he's just floating away in space, that terrifies me. Yeah, just gravity like, would do it to you. Like the whole, the whole idea of there's nothing I could hold on to to like get myself back is... Mm-mm. I think gravity in a theater, IMAX, would have killed you. Yep, nope, I won't do it. Won't do it. But I didn't remember until we were, I was watching this with Sharon just the other night. And it's the scene where Max starts floating away, like he breaks off that little piece of the uh, satellite dish on the space station, and he mm-hmm. starts floating away with the oxygen tank. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this is the movie. Like, this is the reason I now vividly remember this. This is why I'm terrified of, of floating off in space and dying somewhere. So, I, like, my entire body clenched up as I was watching that scene. I'm like, okay, nope, yep, this is where it's from. I, I remember yeah. now. So that would be the that would be my least favorite scene, would be him floating off into space. Hmm, it's interesting. I think everybody has their own uh, their own little phobias now on this stuff because I'm like, what was Pat's? Pat was what was yours? What well, was something from another movie that you can't? It was pretty much horror movies, right? You can't watch elevators. Yeah, like horror movies. Poltergeist. What was it? Yeah. Ele- Jeff. Anything? Oh, Pat was Pat was kids. Yeah, I don't don't screw with my kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you mess with my kids, I'm going to mess with you. There you go. Jeff, what's your deepest, darkest fear? Uh, probably snakes. Okay. So snakes on a plane? Snakes, spiders, like arachnophobia Ooh. messed me up. How many years until we get to that one? The John Goodman? <laughs> Ho- hopefully we don't get to that one. Oh, we'll, we'll do it, depending on what year it is. We'll, it'll be a while, but we'll do it. See, now, I don't know. I, I just think that's the whole beauty of the whole movie thing is if I have that fear, I w- almost want to go see the movie because of that. Because you're because here's the way I look at it is you're safe in a seat, and you can go through that experience and face your fears and whatever in a safe environment. So it's kind of like that roller coaster ride. It's it's Yeah, but that seat is on the earth. attractive part of it. That seat is on earth out. and earth is floating in space. And so no. <laughs> no. No, when I, when <laughs> I saw because I, I always heard whatever you're afraid of, that's what you got to go to. Well, good for those people. No, when I spiders, you rent arachnophobia. Not for me. No. As soon as I saw the previews and I saw that that movie Gravity was being shown in IMAX 3D, I, no. Because uh, okay, I'll tell you which one mine is. The one that I always think I'll get killed. That like even when I went to California, I had a hard time thinking. I don't want to go. For me, it's sharks. I feel like if I'm in the water, I'm going to get attacked by a shark. If I'm in shark waters, they're going to find me. I just have like they got my number. I always think that. So. Well, it's a good thing you live where you live. Came out. I had to see that, and I had to see it like in a theater. So that it felt like I was in the water, but I know I wasn't in the water, and I'm going to conquer this fear of sharks. Am I still afraid of sharks? Yeah, but I'm not like, you know, I can, I, I'm, I'm less fearful of them. And this is why you I live. I survived that movie, and they didn't get me. This is why you live in Illinois. 
This is a conversation. This is a conversation that I have with Nora every bedtime. Every time I try to put her in bed, she says, "Daddy, I'm I'm scared." I'm like, what are you scared of? Sharks. I'm like, okay. First of all, you live Maybe in the middle. Sharks. Well, it could be. You live in the middle yeah. of the country, so you're okay. But they're in the water. I'm like, yes, they're in ocean water. You live next to a giant lake. They're not. There's no freshwater sharks that are going to come out of Lake Michigan and get you. That we know. It, well, it could be the land shark from Saturday Night Live. It's funny that you say that because here's how I here's how I mess with my kids. Candy Graham. We tell my kids about lake sharks that will crawl on the land. And when you hear, like, the wind rattling against the side of the house, we say, yep, they're crawling up the side of the house. Yeah, yeah. Don't open the window when you hear them knocking. So you don't just... be mess with Pat's kids because he'll get upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it's all in the family. Mm. So you just you made that you made that Jimmy Buffett song and just took it and just made that horrifying. Yes. The fins. You know okay. what though? I, I'm sorry. I want, I've I've been sitting over here thinking, and it's actually it's hurt a little bit in my head because I've been thinking. Well, because you're you not know, you're not the smart one in this podcast. So. I'm not the smart one in the podcast, and that's the problem. Here's the thing though. We were talking about uh, you know this movie coming out, and maybe it was too soon uh, after the Challenger exploded, and you know. I almost think, and I don't know what the sensibilities of the time was. I mean, I grew up in it, but, I mean, what, I was eight when this all took place. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't quite didn't quite have the adult, you know, sensibilities and all that. And I agree with what Dennis said, that, you know, this this wasn't like an aggressive act. It wasn't like, you know, a terrorist plot. I mean, it was it was a horrible accident. And, you know, these, these astronauts, these explorers died uh, violently. Um, in this explosion, but in the same token, you know, going into space isn't like going for an airplane ride. You know, it's not like going to the store to pick up groceries. I mean, it, it is exploration and it is inherently dangerous. But here's the thing, you know, we said then to see that in a movie might be jarring. Have sensibilities changed? Because now it seems like whenever there's some kind of an event, whether it's catastrophic, whether it's war, we're just, there's a rush to put it in a movie. Yeah. I mean, even after September 11th, yeah, I want to say I want to say that um, you know everything from um, you know the West Wing had an episode that focused on mm-hmm. terrorist attacks. Well, it's there like it's like a Law and Order when when Law and Order used to do their ripped from the headlines thing. Yeah, there were two movies. I want to say one of them was Flight 93, yeah. and then there was another one that dealt with the September 11th attacks. When there was in Libya, when the U.S. embassy was attacked, I mean, um, what's his name? I can't stand any of his movies. What's his name? He screwed up Transformers. He screwed up the Pearl Harbor movie. Oh, Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay came out with a movie about the uh, attack on the U.S. embassy in Libya, mm-hmm. only a year afterwards. And I just think, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it just seems like sensibilities have sensibilities have changed I, you know i mean the vietnam war i mean movies that they came out with on, on the vietnam war came out i mean what 20 30 years after the war is when they finally started making motion pictures that accurately depicted that and then now we're doing it within a year or two you know stuff's coming out i mean you you look at like um american sniper or um, lone survivor. I mean, that's stuff that only took place five or six years ago, seven, eight years ago. So I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I've been thinking about that, and I kind of jump back. Have things changed, or has that always been the way it is? It just seems like now we want to see it in movies. 
whether it's accurate, factual, complete BS. Well, and we didn't wasn't it just like a couple of years ago? Didn't they have the movie with um, the whole the whole thing about Dan Rather, um, and he, kind of the controversy surrounding him that he got in trouble? Didn't he end up getting fired for it? Um, and I want to yeah. say that they made a movie about that, and it came out like eight months after that all that happened. And I almost want to say that a lot of the critics' responses, and I, at least my response when I saw that, I'm like, that kind of feels too soon. Like, if you want to make these historical movies where you're looking back at an event that happened, if you want to look at the like the WikiLeaks stuff, okay, it's been a few years since that happened, so sure, make a movie about it. Um, you know, it, like some of the stuff you're talking about, it's been a, it's been a couple of years or so, so make a movie about it. That one, I feel like it didn't do well because it came out and people were like, didn't this just happen like six months ago? Like, how did how did you have time to make a movie? about this it's it feels like there needs to be a little more time that's elapsed since this happened okay but yeah i don't know yeah um sorry i just kind of interjected random points no yeah, uh, quote thing i mean i have like one there was i think one i, I don't know if i was going to look it up and see if i could find it but i know i have one that's a serious one that i remember um i want to say it was the oh yeah because uh, i always thought pat would like it, it was the my philosophy is sleep late Drive fast and don't take any shit seriously. Yeah. Um, that one, that was the one I had to look up, though. I remember it being something. The one that I remember was the one, um, it was from Catherine. It was the one where it's just, it's just easier to say you don't care than it is to try and fail. It's just actually one that I always like that quote because it's so true. Because when you, I mean, think about any student you have. Oh, I don't care. It's just easier. I, so I even just as a teacher, I remember that liking it as a, a cool quote. You know, it is, it, it's easier to, to say you don't care about something. That's what most people do. Kids are like, oh, I don't care about this game, you know, or I don't care about whatever. And it's to cover the fact that, you know, they don't want to try and possibly fail. Yeah. So one's a serious one, one's more of a funny one. I just, whenever I hear the other one, I kind of think of Pat's thing of, hey, drive fast, take risks, and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He says to everybody, what is the actual quote? Go ahead. It's just, hey, drive fast, take risks. Yeah. Yeah. That's Pat's way of of saying goodbye to people. Yeah, that's how he says goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. So whenever I hear that one, my philosophy is sleep, sleep, drive fast, <laughs> and don't take any of this shit seriously. I think that's about that's well, Yes, where Pat I and I wonder which came first. Did Pat kind of modify it off that and just threw out the other part? Yeah, I yeah. Whereas Pat and I have this, Pat and I have this weird thing at school where sometimes, and even if there's kids in the hallway, we'll be like when we're walking away from each other, we'll be like, "I love you." Yeah. <laughs> and Pat's like, "Love you too," and there's just kids going. What the? What is going on? I, I don't. Uh, um, well, I think someone one of my favorite scenes and goes along with favorite quote is I mean of course as a Star Wars fan and even as a child I loved all yes. the stuff in there like all the stuff thrown in about Star Wars, but I think my favorite scene is when and of course it's right before the horrifying scene of him floating out in space, is when Max is like he starts freaking out and he can't do it like he can't go save. Uh, can't go save Andy and get the the oxygen tanks. He's freaking out, and then the one guy gets in the microphone and just goes, "Luke, yeah. Luke, use the force, Luke." And then you just see the look on his face, and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I can do this." And then he just he goes off and does his thing. I, I just kind of like that scene. Get strapped into the RMS, and Rudy will swing you over to Dallas. Roger. No 
to help Andy. Luke. Luke. Use the force, Luke. Stretch out your feelings. The force is always with you. cool that they each had a redeeming point to them and it was cool that that guy that that did it you know the whoever the mission commander was the guy that was kind of there because mm -hmm. he got a jeep if he went to space it was like you know and all the training and all that he didn't really take it seriously or give a hoot but then when there was an emergency situation he was the calm one he was the the one that you know helped that kid through he was the one that you know hey you can fly this you are a great pilot you know when they were all sitting there and Freaking out. He was the one who said, hey, guys, we're we're wasting oxygen. <laughs> we just got to stop talking, you know? And so I I, I like that, that he had that. And I like the way they wrote the character. I don't know if it was cheesy. I guess it makes him two-dimensional and not three-dimensional because he should have, I don't know, I whatever. But I just thought that was cool. Actual joyful moments in this movie that were just... You know, you could you could feel the excitement, and maybe it's not. And we've said this already. Maybe it's not the best movie in the world. Maybe it's not the best writing in the world. But there were times where, like, when the people were were excited about, you know, they they found that they could communicate with the shuttle, or they knew that they were still alive, or and you just kind of, you know, you you cheered along with them because it's just fun. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, so kind of, I, I had. Oh, that's, yeah, all, that's all I would ever want out of this movie. Just right. it's it's a it's a fun movie. Right. Um, one thing, it, it, not on one of the questions that I sent you guys ahead of time for this, but um, I would be curious to see if, and I guess Hallmark Movie Channel did kind of a remake of this. They called it Space Warriors. I never saw it, but um, it was like a direct-to-video Hallmark Channel thing. Um, but I would be curious, especially given kind of the resurgence of like STEM education and you've got all these different companies that are trying to create like their own shuttles, like the SpaceX stuff and the, um, is SpaceX, um, is that Richard Branson? No. That, um, SpaceX, is the SpaceX different? I think SpaceX is different, but I mean, okay. I'm going to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but have you seen any of the stuff they're doing with that thing? It's, aren't they doing a launch like in a week or two? Well, I think they're they're doing launches all over the place, but yeah. when they launch it, they try to recover the stage one rocket booster. Yeah. And there's videos on YouTube. They launch the rocket and then they land the thing. They land they land the the rocket booster back on the pad without okay. it falling over. Nice. And you can find on YouTube it's it is unbelievable. And there, you um it, you know all the fails like the thing flips over, it falls over. And most recently, I think about a month ago, they were launching a rocket. They send the capsule into space. And then they land the rocket on a drone ship somewhere in the Pacific Ocean, and it's not like like an airplane landing. Like the rocket, it, the rocket just you know, it's like a reverse of the launch. And yeah. I, I want to say that whoever this guy was, they said um, it was like eight or nine years ago. You know, they were saying, oh, that that'll never happen. You can never do that with rockets. You know, and this guy said, well, I'm gonna figure out a way. And he's whoever, I, you know who it is. It's the guy that owns. Tesla? Yeah, I was just looking it up. It is uh, Elon Musk. Yes, it's the yeah. guy that owns Tesla. And, I mean, he's doing all these amazing things with rocketry and, you know, these test launches. And, and NASA's going to be able to use it because when he test fires these rockets, he tests, like, one of the fail-safe, you know, the thing that ejects the um, 
the the pod that all the, the the capsule the crew capsule he's testing the emergency thing for sorry i get a little excited about it but yeah, <laughs> anyways yeah that spacex thing is if you you find any of that stuff on youtube it is amazing what these people are doing yeah sorry. richard richard branson's is called virgin galactic and he, he's the one that's trying to do the commercial space flight stuff but yeah, I, I keep every once in a while, I keep looking at the SpaceX stuff. And I wonder, like, especially now, I mean, we haven't, when was the last shuttle accident? Was that 2003? 2004? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. Um, you know, if it, could you do this movie today? Like, given the resurgence of, you know, computer yeah. computer coding for kids and STEM and all this, like, space exploration stuff. And, you know, could you remake this movie today and have it be more successful? Could you do a new space camp? I would say, yeah, absolutely, you could. Yeah. And, and yeah, again, I I don't know too many of the younger, that makes me sound like an old man, I don't know too many of the younger actors that are out right now, like kids, people that would play kids. But, you know, I, f- I feel like you get a get a batch of some of the kids that are, you know, fairly well-known today, or you don't have to be well-known, I guess, but, you know, get a batch of kids and have them, you know, recreate this same kind of idea where they're in some kind of a space camp and they're, something happens where they get blasted off into space and yeah I, I feel like like we said i feel like some of the the problem the biggest problem with this movie is just the timing of it so if you did it again today then and that would give you a chance to show off some of the stuff and i feel like that's what this movie was doing was it was a almost like a pr machine for nasa for, yeah and you could do the same thing today you know show off some of the spacex stuff or show off the virgin galactic stuff and you know do do some of that and do that through the through a brand new movie yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be. I think that'd be cool. I mean, I, there's a lot of kids that are already checking out like The Martian, you right, know, right. Um, which was awesome. Interstellar, and you, you know what? If you did, yeah, I mean, if you did a, if you did a new, let's say you did a remake of Space Camp, you did it today, and you made it rated PG, just like the original one. I'd, I'd take my kids to go see it. Yeah, you know, as long as it wasn't something that you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Nora if there was any like really intense stuff because she's only five but I'd, I'd totally take john to go see it because he loves computer coding he loves all the science stuff so yeah do yeah. you do a remake exact you know like i mean you're gonna have obviously way better you know effects and things like that but do you do a remake based on the same exact story how they get up there do you find a different way and are they up there for a different reason and that would be the interesting like do you stick with that same sort of somewhat implausible oh they launched the space shuttle or do you figure out another way to get them up there I think I would do it as it's more of a it's set a few years from now. Like don't don't say what year it is. Set it a few years from now for when, um, you know, space tra- commercial space flight is a reality, and maybe you have a group of kids go up there on some kind of a field trip, mm-hmm. or they've yeah. they've won some kind of a contest, so they get to go up in you know maybe space flight has been going for a year or so, and they get to go up there on some kind of a you know, field trip or a contest they've won. And then once they get up there, something happens to the adults so that the kids are separated from the adults. And I'd even be curious to see, you know, if you had a group of these kids that at least knew enough about it, you know, there you get into the implausibility part of it because it's not like anybody can just pick up a space shuttle and run it. But, um, you know, maybe not even have any adults on board and have them have to try to figure out a way to get this thing back yeah. down or get it docked with a space day. I don't know, something. But, yeah, I feel like you could do it today, change up the story a little bit. and Make it fit with whatever the technology. Because, you know, they don't, space shuttles are all retired now. So, I mean, just right. that method of going into and out of space has changed. But, yeah, make it fit with the times. And 
Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. I just heard today that they've got uh, they've got some people in Hawaii practicing that live on Mars. Did you hear about that? Are they? Is that the? Uh, is that that Mars One thing they were going to do? I think so, and they're they're just trying to see how people would do with, you know, they've got them living in these you know these shelters or whatever that would simulate like it would be on Mars, and they, you know, whenever they go outside, they got to suit up and they got to solve problems to get. And they're just trying to see how people would respond and handle it and everything like that. And they say. By the 2030s, they want to start putting people, you know, sending people to Mars. Yeah, they have. Um, I looked it up real quick just to kind of see what it was to see, um, like, their dates for when they wanted to do that. Their idea is they wanted to establish a permanent human colony on Mars by 2027. Um, they are, let's see, their first flight in which they do kind of like a trial lander um, to see how it goes. Their first flight they've proposed to be 2020, and their first um flight with an actual crew of humans on it would be in 2026 and that's a crew of four people is what they've kind of proposed um yeah and then the idea and this just started a few years ago um you know but they've talked about they're going to be the first i guess in their proposal these people whoever is agreeing to go do this are going to be the first permanent residents like there's no plan to bring them back to earth ever Mm. so if you go do this you go live on mars and that's it 2026 is it 2026 is when they're saying? Crews will depart for their one-way journey to Mars starting into 2026. Subsequent crews will depart every 26 months after. Yeah. So you think about that. I mean, you think about these people that have proposed this stuff. It's really not that far away. It's 10 years away. And no, I that's feel, not far at all. Right. And so I feel like if you wanted to redo this movie, redo it with something like that, where people are involved in a, in a project like one of these. Because now it's not confined to NASA. You know, Space Camp, it was confined to NASA. That's the only, was about the only way you could get anybody into space. And nowadays, it's like anybody with, you know, a few billion dollars can, if they want to throw their money towards space exploration or commercial space flight or whatever, then go for it. You can. Right. Make it happen. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'd, I would, I'd like to see a remake of this. I'd like to see a remake still geared towards kids. Um, you know, to kind of just the same way I think this movie tried to do, try to try to spark that interest. Um, I'd like to see them do something like this and do it again. Right. Now, granted, it didn't make its money back at all, so I don't know that they'll ever do that, but if, yeah, there's, if there's half a brain in Hollywood, they might try. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just an interesting story of how they're going to get up there again. What's the motivation to get up there? Is it an accident? You know. I don't know, I'm just crazy. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, so Dennis, when you write your movie, there's another movie that you could write. Like, you're gonna, you got to go the sentimental route, where like maybe there's these uh, these kids who are in space, you know, these space kid kids who are trained to be this. And one kid's diagnosed with like a terminal illness. We're getting sad there now, mm-hmm. but he, his dream is to make it up there, and therefore he can enlist the help of some adults to get up there because you need that to kind of happen. And him and his friends kind of then want to go on this trip, and they think they're smart enough to handle it. You can enlist the, any other adult but me. I'm not helping out. <laughs> well, if the kid's crying and he's not crying, but you know the kid's like, "This is my dream, and I'm not going to make it." Too bad you shot yourself so into close. space. I'm not going to help you. And then they know how to do it. They feel they can handle it. God's, Damn. Godspeed. <laughs> kids up there. They find a cure up there. <laughs> Godspeed. I'm not going up there. You wouldn't go, huh? No, I said the only way I'm going to space is that when I die, I want to be shot into the sun. This is just because of the fear of floating around. But I have to be dead first. 
That's it. All right. Yeah, I, I want to go to space, but I have to be dead first. And I and and Sharon, I may actually be yelling at me right now. Yeah, she is. She's upstairs. She's yelling at me right now. Her her response to me always is, "NASA has better things to do than shoot you into the sun." <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, it's it's kind of shooting down my dreams of being buried in the sun someday. But you know, ah yes, the supportive spouse. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah, somehow this always comes up, you know, at least a couple of times a year. And NASA so, NASA has better things to do than shoot you in the sun. So are you able to watch the, uh, you know, the guy who did the uh, the Red Bull thing? Yeah. That is awesome. Were you able to watch that, John? Um, Did I watch Remember that? He, he went, uh, it was the free fall guy, right? Free fall, yeah, but he's up, he's, he's in space. Yeah. You can watch that, no problem? No, I was fine with that. Okay. Yeah, because that wasn't me. See, to me, that was even, in some ways, more heart-pounding than, than – because uh, it was real, and it was live. And yeah, but, but didn't he have a parachute? He had a parachute, but that's not the – there's so many ways he could have died. One ripping his suit up there, he's dead. Yeah, but see, if, if I were to go up there, if I were to drop from there, pull the parachute, let's say the parachute doesn't work, then I'm like, well, okay, I, you know, I got a few – I got maybe like a few seconds and then splat, and I'm done. Whereas, yeah, more than that. It was a longer fall. There was like nine minutes to fall. But, well, that's but fine. The thing is, too, you, you spin, and, it, and the whole key was if he kept spinning, he could lose consciousness. And right. And you black out, and you're done. That's fine. But see, the problem is that's over with quickly. If you spin, you black out, and then splat, you're done. Whereas if I'm floating in space, I'm floating out there until I suffocate because my air is going to run out. Well, you'll black out. And I got nothing to... I understand. But I'm going to be out there for hours until my air runs out. And it's going to be hours and there's nothing I can. Well, I'm going to take really shallow breaths because you're going to start panicking. You're going to take quicker breaths. I will. That's true. <laughs> I just know if there's nothing I can grab onto, then picture forget it now, John. Pictures, see, close your eyes. No, no, no. I'm not going to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, because see, at least there's I would feel friction if I was falling. I could at least feel something. I feel like if I'm thank you. I feel like if I was out in space, it's just floating. And that's. That's the part that I don't like. All right. So what would be your, if you were to give a one-sentence summary, so we kind of end every show with a one-sentence summary. If you were going to give a one-sentence summary that for someone who was, you know, maybe they you know, found a copy of Space Camp uh, just floating out in space somewhere, and they brought it home, and they were going to pop it into their DVD player, um, what would you tell this person that uh, they said, hey, Dennis, hey, Jeff, hey, Pat, hey, John, I've got this copy of Space Camp. Should I watch it? What would you say to him? One sentence. Okay, I'm going to go first because mine will probably be the less um, exciting of all of them. Mine would be, uh, yeah, it's not a bad rental. Get it from the library. Um, I think your kids will enjoy it. It's a good movie to watch with the kids. It'll be fun. You know, it's not groundbreaking. It's not the most amazing movie in the world, but it's a good time. Boom, done. Okay. That's it. There you go. I think for me, I'd say it, it takes the adventure element from the Goonies and drops it into space. Are you guys hear no. me? Because my my computer is kind of glitching out. Okay. Houston, we've we've lost we've lost Pat. Pat, can you do this in Morse code? Pat's gone through the ionization window. We don't have any contact with Pat anymore. So okay, Pat, if you can just if you can, I was gonna say, Pat, if you could flash us, that wouldn't be a good idea. Um, all right. Well, Pat's opinion is no longer valid. He probably rejected the question anyway. He, he probably does. He tends to do that. 
So I my computer kind of uh, glitched out when I think the last question was happening. Can yeah, you guys? You... Oh, okay. So yeah, give us um, give us your one sentence. One sentence. Fun movie about kids going into space. There we go. You heard it here that, first, that, folks. That's it. That sums really up. Do anything that that other than that. I think that was on the poster. Uh, my sentence summary, I think, would be: it's a fun, it's a fun movie, especially if you love the idea of being an astronaut. Um, you know, even just the scenes of space camp itself, just getting to try out those different machines and stuff like that. If mm -hmm. any of that in any way w was exciting to you, then absolutely you should go see this movie. Uh, let your kids watch it, and I think because you've got so much interest in science and technology and other stuff nowadays. I think it's a perfect movie uh, that would still interest kids today. So I would say absolutely, definitely go watch it. Now, did you cover the other questions, John? No, no, you know what? We didn't get to. Um, uh, so for anybody who's listening um, to the podcast, we didn't get to, I had some questions on some of the actors. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, this is Joaquin or Leaf Phoenix's first role. Um, Leah Thompson, uh, and how awesome is Tom Skerritt? Okay, three Those questions quickly. Um, my our answers. Mine is uh, not as awesome as Pat. Um, uh, well, Tom Skerritt, but no, he's good. He's awesome. Uh, Leah Thompson totally had the crush on Leah Thompson all through that time period. So I don't know if I could picture anybody else being in there. Um, how are you going to feel that, with Leah? During that time period, Leah Thompson. Was, how are you going to feel when we get to Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck? Yeah, well, yeah, that was when it started to lose it. But, yeah, okay. I, I don't even count that movie because it didn't exist in my head. Okay. Um, therapy got rid of it. <laughs> and then um, the uh, other one is the Joaquin Phoenix. I, it's hard because I, I would say you got you got signs. Yeah. You got signs. And I like him in Reservation Road. I saw the signs. And then Ladder 49. Even though everybody might go to the obvious Walk the Line, Johnny Cash one, which is mm -hmm. definitely a great performance, obviously. Uh, I like him. I remember him more. more I like him in the other movies, Ladder 49. Yeah, I would have I gone Walk the Line. Uh, I also, I would go with Parenthood. I thought he was great uh, yeah. Parenthood. I mean, everyone was great in Parenthood. That was such a brilliant ensemble cast. But I thought he really, his character in that movie was just really well portrayed. And I'm going to go with Signs just by the reaction of his, I mean, the reaction when the TV, you know the scene from yeah. Signs when the alien's on TV in the news? He's yeah. That's, that's, your, watching that's like one of your favorite signs. That's one of your favorite scenes from any movie, I think. It is. And he walks by. But see, it also is partially not just because of what you see on the TV. It's, 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 it's Joaquin's uh, reaction to that. The way he yeah. reacts to it is just <laughs> awesome. It's just perfect. Yeah. Tom Scared is awesome. Leah Thompson. Love Tom awesome. Skerritt and Top Gun. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, Tom Skerritt was awesome. Leah Thompson, I, what was the question about her? Like, was she miscast? Was that the question? Hey, some people kind of complained that she, like, her character was just not as strong as some of the other characters she's played in other movies. Um, yeah, I, that she, they feel like she was either underused or she just didn't do a very good job. Hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought she did fine. I, she, I, I felt like she did had a better performance in Back to the Future, but well, yeah, she was. But a I mean, more prominent character there. I get. Well, she was supposed to be a prominent character here too, but I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't notice her any better or worse than any of the other characters. Yeah. 
And and we're are we talking about awesome movies Joaquin Phoenix has been in? Yeah, like what's one of your favorite movies? Uh, that for the because this was his first one, so we were just kind of saying real quick what some of our favorite movies okay. were of his. Um, as a bad guy, Gladiator, he was awesome. And then as a good guy, I'd have to go with Alien, um, Alien. whatever the one with the uh, signs. And just especially because you know, and my favorite scene with him and signs. Is when that alien, yeah, when the yep. alien goes away and they just like swing away and he just grabs the bat and goes to town on the alien. Yes. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So he's a baseball player in there too, so you all love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for Joaquin Phoenix, um, probably my favorites, uh, Walk the Line. I did like that one. I liked his character. It wasn't. It was a, you know, supporting character in Hotel Rwanda. Um, yeah. And. Um, I, I did like him in Gladiator, and I really I liked him in Her. Did you guys see that one where the guy falls in love with his phone? He like falls in love with the whatever version of Siri. Yes. Scarlet, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I liked him in that one. I thought it was good. It was. Now, have people room. seen Reservation Road or no? I haven't. Oh, drama. It's really it's a gutty drama, but it's uh, it, I think he was really good in that role too. But okay, we'll have to go watch that one. It's it's uh, not a happy movie, but you know it's a. Yeah. Now Tom Skerritt, um, I probably if I'm gonna if I'm gonna choose favorite movies of his mustache um, of power, Tom Skerritt. What's that? You've got a mustache of power. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, I gotta go with either Top Gun or Alien. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go Alien. I probably of those I'd two I would of those two I probably uh, would choose Alien. Yeah, I don't know. either or. I'm a hu- I mean I'm a huge alien. I love all of those alien movies including Alien 3 and we've had some debate on that not with any of you guys but a former former host of the show Jason you're wrong. Uh, alien 3 is an amazing movie and I love it and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. He and I have argued over that for a while. I like that movie. I like all the alien movies. Um, but yeah, no I I would probably pick that one as one of my favorites of his. And Leah Thompson um, I for her I'd probably go the back to the future movies. Yeah. I think it's my favorite of hers. All right. Well, I think that is going Some to do it. Some kind of wonderful. <laughs> What's that? Some kind of wonderful. Lady. Some kind of wonderful. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, how could you get in touch with us? Well, a lot of you lately have gotten in touch with us over Twitter. Um, I think our Twitter exploded in the last couple of hours or so. Uh, you can tweet us at 30podcast. Uh, Jeff, have you been tweeted lately? You know what? I just signed up on Twitter, so I have actually been been tweeted. All right. You can also email us at 3030podcast at gmail.com. You could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. You could call us, 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. You could listen to us and sponsor us at the30podcast.podbean.com. Click on the Be My Patron link to donate to the show. We have said before, we're just doing this because we love movies, but there's a little bit of cost to hosting the show, so if you feel so led, we appreciate the support, whether it's listening or supporting financially. Uh, You can listen to us through Stitcher Radio, the Satchel Podcast app, Google Play Podcasts, coming soon, uh, and obviously by subscribing to us in the iTunes Store. Once again, we would love it if you could go give us a review in the iTunes Store. I'm not going to try to tell you what to put in the review because last time we did that, Pat and I kind of messed that up and it came out sounding really bad and something about Chuck Norris and his tailpipe and who knows. <laughs> you tried, man. <laughs> you tried three times and it just kept digging that the That didn't, yeah, no. I'm, no. 
I'm, I'm glad we're on the backside of that one. So in our next episode, <clears throat> thank you. In our next episode, uh, because schedules are a little bit crazy and we're all teachers and we're nearing spring break time, uh, we're actually going to be recording our episodes for Flight of the Navigator and Transformers the Movie, uh, both of those on March 7th. So if you've got some feedback for us, if you want to send us some of your memories of having your childhood devastated by Transformers the Movie, um, you know we're going to bring a lot of Kleenex to that recording um, because otherwise some of us are not going to be able to get through it. Um, but we're going to be recording both of those episodes on March 7th, and then we will release those over the course of a couple of weeks. So if you do have any feedback for those movies, let us know before then. Um, otherwise, I will say good evening to you gentlemen. So we've had Dennis Matuch, Jeff Mazuka, Pat Canigallo, and me, your host, John Reed. And this has been another episode of the 30-something movie podcast, and we will see you all next week. I love you guys. Love you too. Take it easy. I love Lamb. Friends forever? Friends.